0: Welcome to Center Church, Dubai. We are a church built and centered on the gospel of Jesus Christ. Ours is the story of a faithful God who saved imperfect people by His grace, united them by the love of Christ, and sent them out to bring many more to Him. Thanks for joining us. Good morning, dear church. Such a pleasure to see you all here And another privileged opportunity for us to listen to God's Word. So as we read the passage today, let me just uh, maybe bring in some nostalgic moments for a few of us. In the late 90s, early 2000s, there was this company called Hutch, now called Vodafone, which had an An incredible advertisement I don't know if you all remember this had a a boy and a small dog called pug and it is you and I you know wherever you go our network will follow and it had this such a cute dog following this cute boy wherever he went whatever he did this pug was always there wherever he went uh, this dog would follow Around the same time I don't know how many NRI kids are here there was this trend where uh, parents, somehow, the barbers in those days, somehow convinced parents that the trend of that time was to crop your head from here and leave your head here. It used to be called the mushroom cut." So that was only in the barber shops, because once you step out, uh, in Malayalam, they used to call "chati tala," which is another word for "pothead. So yeah, so we lo- there were many potheads in those days and then around that time there was these boy bands and some of these famous Bollywood actors they changed their hairstyle with the middle partition so all these potheads became middle partition heads and that went on for some time so so there's always this sense of following whether it be people, whether it be trends, whether it be fashion people are following something or the other and as christians as christians we we know that we are called to follow jesus we are called to follow god and that's our call and week after week we are speaking we are declaring the gospel of jesus we're declaring trying to show each of us remind each of us how wonderful the lord is how wonderful it was the work of jesus and 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 we we go we feel so good And we come, we resolute, we we come to the resolution, we must follow Jesus, I will follow Jesus. We go out, we we are feeling good, but in the week as we walk, uh, there's always a challenge. That joy that we carried at the end of the sermon or at the end of the service, somehow it starts dwindling and we find it challenging. Right? Either when you start driving, someone cuts you in and you're like, oh no, there goes that, all that I heard. Or maybe even at work, you feel, suddenly you realize, oh, the real world is here. And then the convictions, you're now battling. What do we do? I need to follow Jesus. But the call of the Lord is not one of misery, not one of, uh, not one of uh, perpetual sadness. It's a call of joy. And that's the feeling that we have when we listen to the gospel, when we carry the gospel. So that, that is what this passage is now alluding us to. Jesus is now walking, walking towards Jerusalem to the eventuality of his death for our sake. And uh, we see the disciples are trying to display their power where they want to destroy the Samaritan village. But Jesus says, yeah, you don't know what manner of uh, power you're speaking about. And then we see these three people, three people, all having a desire to follow Jesus. But we're going to see what does that mean here. So we're going to look at these three people, one at a time. And then we will conclude by asking this question, what does it mean to follow Jesus? What is Jesus trying to say here? What is his intent over here? So let's look at the first man in verse 57. And as they were going along the road, someone said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. Now picture this. Jesus is on his way to Jerusalem. And just uh, earlier in the chapter in Luke 9, Jesus has told that I must go to Jerusalem because I must suffer and be killed. And then on the third day be, uh, be raised up. So he's, and with this, he's going towards Jerusalem. But here's a man who's walking with Jesus, and out of the blue, he says, I will follow you. Lord, I will follow you. Jesus on his way for the accomplishment of his suffering. And this man, so bold, even for us today, this is a bold statement. Lord, I will follow you. Now, but observe his words. This man exudes a lot of confidence. Exudes a lot of confidence. Now why do I say that? Because he seems to have got something in his mind. Where hey, I've got this following Jesus all figured out. I know what it means to follow Jesus. I'm feeling it. So let me just declare it right now. Lord, I want you to hear. I will follow you. But there's no humble submission here. There's no... Plea to Jesus, Jesus uh, help me follow you. No, I will follow you. I have decided I'm going to follow you. There's no plea, there's no humility, there's no sense of uh, where I need some sin, my sin's address. Why haven't I followed Jesus all this time? Lord save me from my sins so that I can follow you. Lord give me the strength and faith to follow you. We don't hear any of that here. We hear a bold and public declaration, Lord, I will follow you. How is he going to do it? How is he going to do it? There's something in his mind, something in his heart that he's got figured out, which he feels. Oh, I've I've got this. I've got this. I can follow Jesus. So here, Jesus, let me declare to you, I will follow you. I will follow you there must have been some expectation that when I follow Jesus my needs are good because that's what Jesus is response you can see something about Jesus that my needs will be met he's saying he's a king and he's going to Jerusalem so if I follow him I'm sure some my needs are going to be met so Lord let me follow you but look at Jesus response look at Jesus response and Jesus said to him Foxes have holes and the birds of the air have nests, but the son of man has nowhere to lay his head. What is Jesus teaching here? Following Jesus means doing what he does and pursuing what he pursues. Look at this. He has nowhere to lay his head. But Jesus is not seeking out a housing. He is not seeking out possessions. He is not seeking out any sense of comfort. His mind is resolute. I must follow my Father's will unto the cross because the salvation of mankind from sin is at stake. Very resolute. My Father's will is more important than my possessions and my comforts. To follow Jesus means to have this mindset, that even if my materialistic needs are not met, I still want to live according to the will of God. I want God. I want to be with God in his presence, in Christ. My comforts or possessions are not the focus. It is God and his will for me in my Christ. is this how we look at following Jesus because you see this man again just observe this man again he hears this from Jesus he hears this from Jesus and yet you don't see his response Lord this is difficult for me help me you don't hear this again you just hear silence now brothers and sisters consider our public declarations where we have declared publicly Maybe it could be an altar call where you say, Lord, I will follow you. I have given myself for you. Maybe it could be when you confess to one another. Maybe it could be when you sing songs, which is a public declaration I have decided to follow Jesus. Oh Lord, I surrender all. Or in ministry where we strive to do things in the church to show that, hey, we are following Jesus, maybe to convince yourself, or to show that I am following Jesus, and I'm doing things to glorify God. Do we do this with the understanding of what it means to follow Jesus? Or maybe you have, and, you, and just picture this, remember, remind yourself, when you, say, when you realized that I'm going to take this call, I'm, I'm going to say this, did you consider, did you understand that the time, the energy, the resources, the money, whatever it is that is required? Did you see this first and then say, ah, okay, I can do this. Lord, now I will follow you. I have got this in my hand, so let me follow you now. Is that the way that you've followed Jesus today? Or did you see this and you realize you're still inadequate? There's still an insufficiency. And then you pleaded to the Lord, Lord, I have all this. My call is to follow you. I don't know how. Show me, Lord. Show me, Lord. Consider this too. What if Jesus asks us to leave all and follow him? Is one of the most terrifying passages for many of us today and we try to wish wash that as wash as quickly as possible brush through it most of us are afraid to hear this in fact let me let me be bold when I say this most of us are afraid if the Lord tells us leave Dubai and go back to India most of us are afraid But if the Lord tells us, leave Dubai and go towards the West, we will say, hallelujah, praise the Lord, this is God's will. But if it is towards India, where life is harder, a lot more challenges, we will say, Lord, really Lord, are you sure? We will talk to 10 others just to reconfirm if this is the Lord's will. Why is that? why does following jesus become difficult because at the heart of it is that we are happy to follow jesus when we have confirmation not just a promise when we have confirmation that he will provide us the finance the comfort or pleasure in this world wherever he sends us lord i will go there but just make sure that there's no issues Lord, I want, to be, I want to be part of this ministry as long as there is no issues. I don't like, who likes conflict? Lord, I will follow you. Is that, is that on your confidence? You see, God knows this. God knows this. we struggle we don't want only him we want him and something else that he can offer us he knows this and he knows this of this man and that's why he gives his word the son of man is nowhere but look where he's going and for what purpose whom is he following that was that was that is what he was trying to show this man the father's will is so important and God God knows this and that's why he gives his word that's why we have his word today in scripture That's why he speaks to us so tenderly, so lovingly, so that we hear that he is sufficient. So that you remember that without him and his help, you cannot let go. And that when you read this passage, you remember where is he going to? He's going to the cross for whom, for what? To save us from our sins. To save us from these issues that we hold dear to. And you see the cross and you see the cost that was paid. And then at the same time, He lifts your eyes and says, Look at me where I am now. Look at the glory that awaits you. Look at me with my open arms waiting for you. There's something extremely precious for you that you can experience now but waiting more for you which is eternity with God eternity with Jesus the one who saved us we follow Jesus for who he is and not for what he can give us and it's because of Jesus we have this hope and joy even if you have to forsake anything be it your comfort be it your your job be it uh, anything jesus gives us the hope and joy when we feel that we lose because when we forsake everything remember god does not forsake us god does not forsake us he is always with us in our good and bad times in our sufferings in our weaknesses he's always with us and that's possible because of what Jesus has done for us so it's not about our comforts or our possessions following Jesus is not about us it's about the will of God and then then the episode doesn't finish then we come to the second man so when we look at the second man this man is an innocent man right in every sense because he's not he's not bold he's he's being quiet and he doesn't make any public declaration to follow Jesus he's been in the crowd walking along listening seeing but now Jesus spoken to this man and now from the multitude of people Jesus picks this one man Now Jesus is not like us, right, who just like a lucky draw and say, okay, let me just pick this. It's like during some of these meetings, whom do you, whom can you ask to pray? You don't know their hearts, but you say, okay, can you pray? That's not Jesus. Jesus knows each one's heart and he knows whom he's calling and why he's calling. And so Jesus again tenderly calls, you follow me, you follow me. This man who has been following, the moment of truth has come. The moment of truth has come. Now he's left with the decision. Left with the Either accept, reject. But here we see that he's given an excuse. Not that he's, it's not a no. He's not saying a no. It's an excuse to procrastinate, to postpone this, this action of following God. What does he want to do? He wants to first go and bury his father. Lord, I'm going to follow you, but first let me go bury my father. Bury my father There's several ways of interpreting this, but most people, most uh, commentators agree that the father is not yet dead. Because if he was dead, if he had died, then he would not be here because the Jewish tradition mandated them to be part of the funeral processions there were several things that were involved in it and and like today most likely there were inheritances involved especially when a son is there and in those days no son would want to let go of the inheritance and it's most likely here that the father is on his deathbed and it's not clear how serious is it but he's waiting for his father to die and then bury him and then Jesus then I'll follow you so this could be a day a week a month maybe year years we don't know but he's gonna wait till then to follow Jesus Now this man's problem was that he wanted to do this first and then follow Jesus he wants to follow Jesus he wants to that's very clear he wants to but first let me get my things in order and if inheritances are involved that means there's a back security also in hand Lord let me get this in order so that I've got some sense of security in case things go south if he follows now how will he survive how will he survive now plagued with this We see this man also does not ask Jesus for help. He doesn't say, Lord, Lord, my father is on his deathbed. What do I do, Lord? Do I care? You have commanded me to care. But teach me how to do that in a way that honors you. We don't see any plea for help. Lord, I'm weak. You've called me. I'm following. I see you're important, but, but... Help me, Lord, to see more so that I can follow you. We don't see that. We see his intent to prepare everything according to his plan and then follow Jesus. He can make the arrangements for himself. It does not need Jesus. He's trying to do it himself, prepare everything. But look at Jesus' response. In verse 16. Jesus said to him, "Leave the dead to bury their own dead, but as for you, go and proclaim the kingdom of God." Now, this these, these are one of those difficult passages for us to read because it sounds so insensitive. Jesus, really, is this how you speak? But look deeper. Look deeper. If you read it the way that we read it, with sinful hearts, this is an insensitive statement. But Jesus' heart is always for his people. And that's the heart of this, uh, this section here. But as for you, go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Now who is this dead bury their own dead? The dead... That buries the others, other dead is the spiritually dead people who are worldly, who are focused on all matters of the world, who reject God, who are more concerned about the funeral proceedings, the who to call, how to call, how grand to make it, and also the inheritance. We have to get all this sorted out. Their focus is on this, not on God. Let the spiritually dead people bury the physically dead. But then the Lord doesn't say, but you go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Jesus doesn't say stay. He says you go and proclaim the kingdom of God to everyone. You see, people back home, in his home, are spiritually dead people. Because they're not here. And Jesus says, go and proclaim to them the kingdom of God. Do not go to make arrangements for yourself. Go and proclaim the kingdom of God so that these spiritually dead people will be made alive in Jesus. Go and bring them to me so that they will be made alive. That they will also receive the call, follow me. They will see the joy behind it. And what's about this kingdom of God? Why the kingdom of God? because who is it that has called him the promised king and the promised Messiah is here the kingdom of God so now you can proclaim the kingdom of God go bring them to the one who can save them bring them to their true king the true Messiah who can save them stop putting your security on anything As a condition to follow Jesus. Do not wait for securities to follow Jesus. Do we struggle with this? Do we say I'm I'm ready to follow Jesus when I have enough resources? When I've got enough, enough wealth, enough relationships, when I've got enough sight of things in the future, then Lord, yeah, now I can follow you. Do you say, Lord, I'm, I'm ready to follow you, Lord, but, but let this project just finish. Maybe it could be at work, maybe it could be a personal project, maybe a church project. Lord, I, I will follow you, Lord, but just, just let this finish. Do we struggle with these things? Do we struggle? Lord, I want to spend time with your word, Lord. I know this is lacking, but, but let, let me just get my life in order. Let me get my sleep pattern straight, and then I will start thinking about spending time with you. Lord, I want to minister to this family, but it's so difficult. Lord, let, let things just settle down. Then I will start ministering to this family. Lord, I want to follow you. The desire is there. No one's saying no. Everyone's saying yes. But, but, there's a condition. Let me get things in order, Lord. Again, we see this man. There's no plea for help. How do I proclaim the kingdom of God, Lord? Lord, wh- what does it mean? Lord, I don't know, they're spiritually dead people. How, how, do, how, do, how do I preach and make them alive? Teach me, Lord. We don't see anything like that. Again, we see silence. Brothers and sisters, let not your dependence be on anything of this world when the Lord calls you to follow him in the kingdom of God it's only there's only one king and that king is Jesus Christ and he knows what you need what you and I need is a savior and he the king is our savior he is that savior in whom you can fully trust so trust him when he calls you and why is that why can you trust him because remember this The joy in following Christ is not that you have declared that I will follow Jesus, but that Christ has called you and said, follow me. It is not your decision that you have decided to follow Jesus, but Jesus saw you, saw you weak, saw you sinful, and yet he said lovingly, my dear child, follow me. I've paid the price for you on the cross don't struggle don't struggle follow me I am there with you he has not chosen you because of the things that you can give not because you're strong not because that you've got some sense of experience you can do things he doesn't choose you because of your strengths or your abilities he sees your heart for what it really is weak and sinful and yet, he says, Follow me. And he has called you because there are so many lives, so many spiritually dead people that need to hear the gospel of Jesus. And he has chosen you. And he has graciously chosen you to bring this message of life to the spiritually dead. You haven't chosen this, brothers and sisters. The Lord has chosen you. So proclaim the love of God according to the way he has dealt with you. See who it is that has called you. Believe in the one that has called you. And proclaim the one who has called you. But then we come to the third man. The third man now. Now this man is also just like the other two one who is among the crowd he has heard the interaction between Jesus and the two others about following Jesus but it seems he's not yet understood what it means to follow God he too thinks, he thinks through and he again and we see look at his words yet another said I will follow you Lord but let me first say farewell to those at my home. He thinks through. He expresses his interest to follow Jesus. But the difference here is he's got probably the best excuse of the two. Or of the three, the best excuse. His excuse is not that bold as the first one. Hey, I will follow you, Lord, and that's it. Wherever you go, I will follow No, it's not like that. It's not like the second one where it's going to take a long time where he's going to have to wait for his father to die finish the burial process and then no it's just a simple bye to his family and then return immediately to follow jesus now brothers and sisters you and i know that goodbyes are not very short remember your last house visit The most discussions happen when you say, okay, now it's time to leave. And from the couch to the main door, you probably have discussed 10 global topics. And at the door, maybe you're discussing, oh, when are we going to meet next? And you've got like several plans, you're trying to come to an agreement. And then as you open the main door and you put your shoes, there's more laughter. The corridor is usually the noisiest and busiest at that time. Because the discussions are loudest, the laughter is loudest at that time so goodbyes are not generally short and probably the same here but picture this also when he goes to his family what do you expect how do you expect the family will react this family who's not here to see Jesus what do you think they would have said they would have probably questioned Jesus credibility are you gonna follow him he doesn't have a house Why didn't you follow some of the rabbi that we know so well? Just go to the synagogue. There's so many there. Maybe, maybe they were convinced him by saying, hey, stay here. Is there no other way? Can't you be fruitful here in some way? Do you need to follow? Can we all relate to this? How many of us have risked this to go back and say farewell to the family? And yet here we are in God's divine providence and grace here we are but then have you confessed and turned to the Lord at that time asking for forgiveness now you may ask why and let's look at one of the real problems of this man you see this man he only wants to go back home say farewell and come to Jesus he does not see anything in Jesus that is worthy to tell his family come see this man who knows everything and is teaching everything about the kingdom of God come no there's nothing like that he just wants to say bye and come back to Jesus there is no desire to proclaim the kingdom of God that the promised Messiah is here my family come and see come and see just a farewell Buy and then come back to Jesus almost makes us wonder why is he going back to his family? is it is it to declare so like he told you I will follow you to express his desire maybe he wants to go back to his family and tell hey family here's I'm gonna do something noble see what I'm gonna do I'm gonna follow this man Jesus he doesn't have a house So observe how my life is going to be. He was not concerned about proclaiming Jesus as the Savior. Or that the promised Messiah is here. He was more interested to let them know what he was going to do. To demonstrate his noble actions. To justify, to explain, to show people how good and noble he is. But look at Jesus' reply. Jesus said to him, no one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. Now this is a very sharp reply. A very sharp reply. No one who wants to follow Jesus but also wants to please people or seek comforts is fit for the kingdom of God. In the kingdom of God, there is only one king, and that's Jesus. This is the third time I'm saying this. And all his people must follow him in his ways and not our ways. There's only one king. Now think of this with me, my brothers and sisters. What is it that hinders you from joyfully looking forward To following Jesus when he calls you and convicts you to follow him. Let me help you think with this. Fill the blanks in these statements here. Lord, I want to follow you, but dash. Fill this. Lord, I want to forsake my dependence on finance, but... Dash. Lord, I want to spend more time with you, but... dash. Fill these blanks up and see. Lord, I need to address this sin. I know this is a problem, but... dash. Lord, I know there's a lot of need required. There's help required. I know you've called me to preach his gospel, but dash what are these things that you will fill these dashes with they will reveal your idols your reasons for anxieties the real joy stealers in your christian life fill them my brothers and sisters realize what is it that's stealing your joy And then come to the one who has called you, follow me and declare to him, confess to him, Lord, this is a problem for me, Lord, I struggle, help me, help me in my weakness. Whom else can you go to? The Lord has called us to follow him joyfully. His call is a joyful call. Let your response also be a joyful response which brings joy to his heart and peace to yours are you entertaining these joy killers which don't allow you to enjoy Jesus he calls you to find comfort in him he calls you despite your circumstances despite who you are what you have it doesn't matter to him he calls you because he loves you he cares for you and he cares for the people around you that's why he chooses you he chooses so you can proclaim the kingdom of God that others around you will benefit so we see these three people all in 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 a worldly sense very noble because they declare their intent but when Jesus convicts them there's no dependence on Jesus there's a self-dependence I will follow I will follow I know when I know how I know how to prepare so I will declare I will follow let it not be so let it not be so so as we conclude as we conclude let me address this what does it mean to follow Jesus why is there hope and joy for us when Jesus calls us Let me give you six points and then close. Remember that it is not you who chose to follow Jesus, but Jesus chose you. You did not love God first, but God loved you first. God's desire is to save those who are spiritually dead. And he has chosen you to make others alive in him. That's why he's chosen you. Second, he did not choose you because of your strengths or abilities or what you can offer. That's not what Christ saw when he called you. He chose you because he knows your weaknesses. He knows your inner depths. He knows what you're going to do in the future. And yet he chooses you. And Yet he chooses you because he loves you. He knows how to love you. The third, in your weakness, remember, his strength will carry you. When you receive the call to follow, do you, do you feel weak? Do you feel inadequate? Good for you. Because as Paul writes in First Corinthians 12, 9, Jesus says, my grace is sufficient for you. In weakness, my power is made perfect. God's power is not made perfect in our strengths. God's power is made perfect in our weaknesses. When we recognize and we come to him, Lord, I need your help, Lord. I need your help. God's power will be displayed because he has called us. He's not someone who's called us casually, come follow me and say, find your way. No, he has given us the power to follow him when he calls us, follow me. Fifth, following Jesus means we are more concerned about the people around us coming to Jesus through the proclamation of the gospel. We want people to come to Jesus through the proclamation of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It is not about us explaining, boasting, justifying our good plans or intentions or actions to others. The focus is on Christ and his good news. It's not an opportunity for us to boast, but for us to display our weakness so that God's power will be glorified. And finally, all you need is Christ. All you need is Christ. Why do I say that? Because look at who has chosen you he has chosen you he has given you the power you need he gives you the hope you need he gives you the joy that you so desire he gives you the peace that you so seek all you need is Christ and in that need look at Jesus up above See is open and welcome hands that say, I love you, I've called you, do not worry. Don't look at your resources, I will give you what you need to follow. I am there with you, I am interceding with my father for you, my spirit is there with you in your weakness, I hear this, don't worry. Follow me, do it joyfully, by seeing that I am there with you. And look to him, my brothers and sisters. The call to follow is for all of us. It's a joyful call. So experience it. Encourage one another. Proclaim the kingdom of God. So we are all reminded that we have a loving king, a loving savior. And follow Him. All you need is Christ. And He is there with us. We hope you were encouraged by today's sermon. Please visit our website, cc-dubai.com, for more information on Center Church Dubai. If you know someone who will be blessed by this sermon, please share this podcast link so they can stay updated.